0: A couple months ago, I basically went around to several folks in the church and I said, just in case I'm missing something, what are some things that you may be struggling with that you'd like to hear a message on? And uh, I came up with several subjects, and one of the common themes that I've been hearing about over the last couple of months is, I'm just tired. Just tired. And uh, so I decided I would put together a series on... Entitled Running on Empty. Running on Empty. People today, I believe, more than ever are tired. And for various and asunder reasons that we'll not necessarily get into all of today. But I often ask the people this question How are you doing? You've all heard me say that a million times over the last number of years. How are you doing? Probably the answer I receive the most is I'm tired. Most of us in the room today can relate to that. A lot of us are just plain tired. For a moment, though, I want to be clear about what I'm talking about here today. Um, A few weeks ago, someone asked me, said, Pastor, how are you doing? And my answer to them was, I'm tired. Good, but tired. Um, Their response to me was, well, you should take an extra day off and get some sleep. <laughs> Never thought of that. <laughs> just kidding. Never felt like I couldn't take a day off. I mean, if you get tired, you, you get some rest and so forth. But, um, but my response to that response was, my tired is not the kind of tired that you just sleep a couple extra hours and you feel better. All right, ready to go again. My tired was just like, man, I'm just exhausted. Physically, mentally, emotionally, I'm just spent. How how long and how many years can you keep doing what you're doing at a pace that you just don't start to get exhausted, right? No matter what field you're in, I was just exhausted in every way. And most of you know what I mean by that. For a lot of us, it's more than a physical tiredness associated with a long day of work. Um, it's the kind of tired that just goes on day after day after day after day. Well the demands of life are outwardly overwhelming and the expectations of those around you are challenging at best and seemingly humanly impossible to tackle. You ever felt that way? The expectations that were put on you, you just like you just trying to figure out how you can meet them and you just can't. You've come to that conclusion. Um The workload seems to only increase while the time to do it seems only to decrease. (laughs) That's been the story of at least two people this week. So-and-so has quit. And by the way, you have to cover their stuff too in the same amount of time. Because we don't want you to have overtime. That kind of hits into our budget. Um, You love those you are helping. That's why you do it. You love them you're willing to put in the long hours day after day, week after week, month after month, year after year because you love those you, you are doing this for. Um, but you're exhausted in every way. And you're not really sure how to handle what you're experiencing. That's kind of the hard part. Cuz you look at the calendar, you don't see a break coming, right? You've been there. You know is this hit home with anybody? You're looking at the calendar and you don't see a break coming. And even if you did have the break, you got 10 things you got to do. It's kind of like going on vacation. At least this is the way I've always felt for years and years and years. And I'm sorry if you're listening. You go to your relative's house for vacation, but it took you 16 hours to drive there. And while you're there, you're doing work projects because you want to be a blessing. And then you're driving 16 hours back because I need a vacation from the vacation. Right? That's real. (laughs) It's life. So the break wasn't really a break. And your brain just doesn't shut off because you're just thinking, I, I, just, I can't, I don't know how much more I can do before I crack. Um, you could quit, but that would probably cause a whole host of other problems, right? So quitting's not really an option. Um, you could get really, really mad, but that doesn't really solve your problem, does it? Because you're still tired, even though now you're angry and tired. Um, You could buckle down and just plow through it. That's kind of what we most of the time do, right? We just kind of buckle down, plow through it. We'll get through the other end. We'll just make it. Um, But you know that's only going to make you more tired and more exhausted. So what's the solution? Here's why I give you my commercial. If you call right now, I'll send you my CD. Running on empty for one simple payment of $29.99. But wait, if you call within the next 30 minutes, I'll throw in the companion study guide and this free CD of calming ocean waves, crackling fire by the in the woods and the blowing wind. <laughs> Nothing will help you relax more. 29.99. Simply call one 800 who cares As 1-800-946-2273 option 7. That's right, 1 800, who cares? And that's how you feel. Because this is your problem. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) I love it. But you feel like it's your problem. It's not someone else's problem, it's your problem. And you don't have a way to fix it, right? It may sound funny, but that's how it feels, right? Who's with me on this? Yeah. That's right, we're tired. Can I just say there is one who does care? There is one who does care. In fact, turn your Bibles to Matthew chapter 11. Matthew chapter 11. It's not an unfamiliar passage, but maybe something that we kind of gloss over way too often. It's something I've had to learn to deal with the last couple of months. You know, I, I shared this with a couple of guys last night. I have lots of pastor friends in a lot of different places. I, I don't know if I can count them all. I know 50, 60 pastors personally. I know them. I've known them for years. We conversate. Any number of them would love to say, Ken, I'd love to have your church. They would love to be here. They'd love to trade in a heartbeat. Because I love my church. I love the people here. I just, I wouldn't want to go anywhere else. That's just my heart. I love it here. But I know that even though we love the people that we're serving, sometimes it's just tiring, right? We all go through that. It doesn't matter what field you're in. And we're not careful. We kind of just get caught up in the here and the now and the tiredness rather than going to the source of the one who can help us through it. And I can't tell you how many times someone said, well, you just need to go to God. Right, because that's gonna fix it all. Right, it's because you feel like, because you're just overwhelmed, and there's no problems. I got no feuds. I got no people just ready to, you know, start the church on fire because you know this or that. You know, we love what we're doing, but we're tired. And um, Jesus says in verse 28, He says, "Come to me, all you who are labor, who labor and are heavy laden." And I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. My yoke is easy and my burden is light. How do you handle when you're just gone, spent, exhausted? You could watch some TV or, and hey, this is what some of you do, start talking to yourself, kind of talking to yourself through it. A friend of mine said a long time ago, it's okay to talk to yourself as long as you don't start answering yourself. You <laughs> I think I've been on both ends of that. <laughs> um, possibly you like option two, which is call a friend. Maybe get some good sympathy going on. You know, hey, you, you, don't, you don't understand what I'm going through. Oh, all right, you don't, you don't deserve that. You know, you, you feed out the sympathy and, you know, or maybe you kind of, you know, go to Facebook world and say, you know, all my problems, here they are for the world to see. And then, you, know, you kind of feed back and want them to respond to you so that you can blare it all out again. Or maybe some of you find uh, the last option of just going to the fridge and kind of eating your troubles away a little bit more comforting. I mean, that, that sounds good too at times. Um, but notice what Jesus said in verse 27. Come to me, all you who labor. He says, come to me. Think about that for a minute. I've been told that in Scripture that the yoke is a picture of learning. I don't know about you, but I don't like heavy things around my neck. And thankfully, God didn't make me an ox, even though I've been called an ox before. Uh, God didn't make me an ox to uh, be controlled with this. We see how it, an ox is used, or, or a yoke is used to train an ox to go down a path, to plow a field, to carry a wagon. In fact, you see it all over in parts of India oxen you know, water buffalo, and they that yoke on them. And it's just a really neat picture to see, but the yoke is a picture of learning in Scripture. What in the world would Jesus do or teach that could possibly give anyone who who needs rest that rest that they need? What, what could Jesus say that was just going to make it all better? And notice what Jesus says in verse 27. He says, All things have been delivered to me by my Father... And no one knows the Son except the Father, nor does anyone know the Father except the Son, and the one to whom the Son wills to reveal Him. So what's he saying here? Three things. No one knows the Son except the Father, no one knows the Father except the Son, and the one the Son chooses to reveal to the Father. God in His great mercy and love through the cross of Jesus Christ reveals the Father to us. We're separated because of our sin, but God. Isn't that amazing? But God. 5.8, Romans. But God demonstrated his love toward us, in that while we are yet sinners, he what? Died for us. John 3.16, for God so loved the world that he gave his only Son. And no matter what we're going through, the solution is that we have to realize that this is not forever. Eternity is Forever. This life is going to end, and the problems of this life are going to end. But if we're all caught up in the here and the now, we're going to lose sight of what is to come. And if all of our hope is here, we are men most miserable when we think about what is to come. And then in verse 28, Jesus says, come, learn from me. What is it that Jesus will teach that will give us rest? He, Jesus, will reveal the Father to us, and Jesus gives us rest by revealing the Father to us. Where sin separates, Jesus says, I'll build a bridge through my son, Jesus Christ, God says. So I want to share an analogy just for a moment. It's an illustration I read this week by a guy um, in in Abu Dhabi, who's a pastor in Abu Dhabi. And he said this. Imagine carrying a 100-pound backpack on a dirt road stretching up a steep mountain for miles. Just put that in your mind just for a moment. I kind of saw parts of this when I was in Ghana, and I could see these women with, I don't know how many pounds of stuff on their head, with a baby on their back, or in their front, and a back, a, a back full of uh, branches, it looked like, you know, going to stoke a fire or something, and then water and stuff on their head. I mean, they're just loaded down like a pack mule, walking up the side of a hill I was worn out just walking, let alone with all that stuff that they have to be carrying. It's crazy. But imagine, just just get that in your mind's eye. You've got this load, and it's wearing you down. You're trudging along, looking at your feet. You're watching the sweat sweat drip off the edge of your nose. You're weary. You're heavy laden, and you're thinking, is this going to end? But imagine that you hear someone shouting, Hey, hey, excuse me, hey, over here, look up. And you look up the top of that hill, and there's a Jeep kind of coming towards you so that you can put your load into the Jeep and hop in and give you a ride the rest of the way. That changes everything, does it not? all of a sudden the heavy load that you're carrying is not there. Somebody else has taken that load and is carrying it for you. Weariness disappears, your strength rises, and you begin to feel that rest because someone else is taking the load. I think that's what god does for us because when it's all about us carrying the load it's overwhelming right is it because we have these responsibilities we have these things that have to get done there are people counting on us nothing wrong with those things because work doesn't get done by itself and yes people do have expectations because sometimes you know what you what you do depends on what they can do and so forth and there's a chain of events and reactions yes that's true that's real but when it's all about me and not about him, there's a difference in how we concentrate on what we're doing. So let's notice a couple of things from the passage. First of all, Jesus says, Come. Um, Jesus didn't say, Go to bed. Sleep in a couple extra hours. Call in sick, even though you're not, you're just tired. He didn't say, Go to bed. Jesus didn't say, call your mom or friend and see if they can help you. Although it's not a bad idea, but he didn't say, hey, I want you to, you know, phone a friend who wants to be a millionaire. You know, he he didn't say that. He didn't say, you know, hook up with so and so and, you know, maybe they'll help you, maybe they won't, but, you know, at least try. Not a bad idea, but he didn't say that. Jesus didn't say, post your problem on Facebook. And hopefully that somebody has pity on you and they step forward and say, hey, I'll help you with that. I love the ones about, hey, is anybody looking for a a few children to watch tonight. <laughs> nothing screams, I need a babysitter, right? But we're speaking in code. You know? Nothing wrong with that, but I mean, he said, come to me. Come. Why can that be so hard to do? You know why I think it's hard? Expectations. We all have expectations. Um, we want our reprieve when right now i mean i'm praying right now and i want the the change immediately i want things fixed right now on the spot and god is saying no that's not how i operate and we don't like those answers because when you're tired and you don't see a light at the end of the tunnel and you don't find a place to really get some respite it just that's not what you want to hear I didn't want to hear someone saying, hey, you have to take a day off. I don't need a day off. Day off doesn't fix when you're just mentally exhausted. Not to me it doesn't. Because your brain never shuts off. I don't know if you have that problem. My brain don't shut off. You just keep going. And I don't like listening to the advice of, oh, no, just sleep for a couple hours, take a nap. I don't like to. Ta- who takes naps? Maybe someday I'll yeah <laughs> Maybe someday I'll get there, but not right now. I mean I have one nap day a week. I try to take a nap on Sunday afternoon. During the week, you just plow forward. We want reprieve now. My expectation is it's going to change. We want to reprieve in a particular fashion. We want this to happen, then this to happen, and then this to happen, then I'm going to be happy. And I ask the question, what if this is as good as it gets? Can you learn to say, this is what God has for me? If your hard situation, if your difficult situation, if your frustrations is as good as it's going to get. Are you able to live with that? Because it may not change. And it may be what God is trying to use in your life to mold you and to shape you and to direct you into a closer, deeper relationship with Him. See, I don't know when anyone else have to go through this. Trust me, you're never alone no matter what the circumstance is. Men in the Bible thought they were alone. And God says, no, there's a whole host of other people who still haven't bothered me you either. You're not, don't, think you're just, don't think too highly of yourself. There's other people going through that. You're not alone. We may want to reprieve with knowledge that whoever caused this is going to be dealt with. That's my expectation. You know, I wouldn't be feeling this way if so-and-so wouldn't have done whatever. And I hope that in this reprieve that they get dealt with too. If they get what's coming to them. I mean, sounds good, right? I mean, they should have to deal with what I've had to deal with. And God is saying, wait a minute, you're not getting it. You still don't get what I'm trying to do in your life here. It's not happening here. And Jesus says, come. And can I just add this little thing? It's not in there, but I think it's somewhere hidden in the Greek or, you know, whatever. Come as you are. Come as you are. With all your anxiety, with all your stress, with all your insecurity, with all your weakness, with all your frustration, with all your struggles, come. If he didn't want you to come, he would to have said come. He wants you to come. And then number two, he says this. Jesus says, come all you who labor and are heavy laden. I don't know why that I have this thought when I was thinking about this. Some of us don't handle a whole lot very well, yeah, God makes us who we are, but some people panic at the thought of anything. they panic about what might happen, but probably never will they They worry about something that's going to happen three weeks from now, and they have three weeks to prepare for, but they just they can't handle it that's going to be three weeks, and I have to deal with it in three weeks, or that vicious Storm, man, the windstorm, we're going to have 75 mile an hour winds. And you know, you'll go up to Wegmans and there's not a parking spot to clear out the Cawkins. How long can the wind last? I mean, it's, it's not the apocalypse, but do you think it is? We worry and worry about what may never happen. Jesus says, come, all of you who labor and are heavy laden. Some people gripe at the thought of sweat and hard work. I know people say, oh, I can never do that. That's just, no, I'm not doing that. Or they, it's beneath them. I'm not doing that. I don't, I, I'm not working for $10 an hour. That's not happening. Not happening. Maybe God's saying, you need a little dose of humility here. But all that aside, he says, come, you who are laboring and are heavy laden, Seriously, this labor is burdensome. This is not a two-hour job. Uh, I don't believe that what the labor he's talking about is a, is a labor that you just you know, went to work for six hours and now you're home. But you're tired from the six hours of labor. I believe that this labor was burdensome. It's a labor that just kept going on day after day after day. It's the phone that never stops ringing. It's the boss that's never satisfied. It's the kids who always need something of you. It's the housework that never stops needing your attention. It's the clothes that never stop piling up in the corner and need washed. And on and on and on, day after day after day, and you're just tired. You're overwhelmed. So Jesus says, come. All you who labor and are heavy laden. And then number three, Jesus says, I will give you, say it with me, rest. Here's where I part, here's the part where I think most of us just gloss over it. I've read that before. Nothing changes. I've heard messages on that, you know, so we're so to go to Jesus. He'll give you rest. Okay, yeah, blah. When's the last time that we went to God in need of rest, in need of reprieve, and we just sat in his presence? We don't do that because we're too busy. We don't take 20 minutes to pray because that's, just, that's like eternity. We don't get away from it because I got kids screaming and I got jobs to do and I got this I, 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 we we don't do it. Prove me wrong. We don't take rest in Jesus. I can't explain it to you. I I don't know how God does it, but I know this. There are days where I just I don't want to do a certain thing cuz I'm just tired. And I go and God just uses that very thing to refresh me and give me the strength and the energy. I love church, but I have a confession to make. I'm human, just in case you didn't know that. I'm human. But there are certain Sundays I get up and I'm like, I'd rather sleep in. I love church. I want to be there, but I just would rather sleep. Because I'm tired. Have a headache. My back hurts. My knees are sore. Pick one. We all have them. Pick one. But you know you should be there. You know God wants you there. And when you get there, you're so glad you went. So glad. You got to give everyone a hug, and everyone gave you a hug, and they encourage you, and they just give you that energy and that strength to move forward. You're in the presence of God, and we're singing glorious songs to Him, and you know it was right to do. And God just gives me the strength to keep going. He says, I'll give you that rest. But here's the reality for many of us. Because of your many responsibilities, you may not have the freedom to just take time off, though you may need physical rest as well. You don't have the freedom for it. That's why it has to start by going to Jesus first. He didn't say go take a nap. He didn't say go get a massage. That feels good. I mean, let's go get a foot rub. Yeah, that that sounds good. Get a foot rub you'll be able to handle those dirt roads, fossils. Come on. He didn't say that. He said, Come to me. Don't minimize that. That presence of God, sitting in his presence, talking with him, allowing him to talk with you. Don't minimize that. He says, Come to me and I will give you rest. Do you believe that? Because if you don't believe it, you'll not practice it. That's the fact. If you don't believe it, you'll not practice it. So we need to go to Jesus and take him at his word. It has to start with him. I want to give you about six verses to contemplate this morning. Second Corinthians chapter 9. Let's go there. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. We'll get into the full context of the entire passage. But here's what I want you to pick up from this verse as I read it. He says, And God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that you always having all sufficiency in all things. You notice know the key word there? All I like that. All He says And God is able to make some grace abound you so that you may sometimes have the sufficiency of some of the things that you have. Wait, wait. He didn't say that. And God is able to make all grace abound towards you that you always, having all sufficiency in all things, may have an abundance for every good work. Here's what I know. Here's what I believe. He'll make sure you have what you need. We work like it depends on us. We work like we have to put this time in, we have to do this because, well, that's just what we're ingrained to believe. So we don't depend on God. Give us to stay our daily bread with a pantry full, a freezer full, and a fridge full. Come on, I, I'm there too. He says, come to me. I'll make sure you have what you need. God's word reminds us, if, if the birds of the air have nests and the foxes, he goes, I don't have anything. He goes, but I know what you need before you ask. I know the number of hairs on your head. It's easy counting for some of you. But He knows what you have need of. Do we trust Him? Number two. You're not sure how to deal with circumstances? Look at the book of James, chapter 1. James 1, verse 5. says, If any of you lacks wisdom, let him ask of God, who gives to all liberally and without reproach, and it will be given to him. Can I just say this? He'll give you the wisdom you need for the decisions you need to make. But here's the difference. If it depends on you, it's a different perspective than depending on him. It comes to him. He says, I'll give you the wisdom you need for the decisions that you need to make. Number three, and there's no escape for this, Psalm chapter 63. Psalm chapter 63, and look at verses 5 and 6. It says, my soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fatness, and my mouth shall praise you with joyful lips. When I remember you on my bed, I meditate on you, and the night watches. And he goes on and tells him why he's doing these things, because you've been there, or you've watched me, you've seen me. Let me just ask this question. Does anything happen in our life that God doesn't know about? No. I've humorously said over the years, God did not wake up this morning, scratch his head and say, Wow. How did that take place? I, I did not know. He knows. He knows. Nothing that happens in your life is hidden from him. It may be hidden to everyone else, but it's not hidden to him. He knows what you're going through. And what we need to do is get in his presence. And that's what he's saying there in verse 5-6. My soul shall be satisfied as with marrow and fetus, and my mouth shall praise you. What's he saying here? He goes, rejoice a little bit. Quit wallowing in your pity and rejoice a little bit. Quit thinking about how tough you got it and rejoice a little bit. Quit thinking about how bad it is and rejoice a little bit. Because when I remember you on my dead, I meditate on you in the night watches because you have been my help. Therefore, in the shadow of your wings, I will rejoice. Get with God. There's no escape for that. You can't... Guys, I want to hammer you just for a minute. How many of you guys say, well, I just don't like to read. I I I have nothing against the Bible. I just don't like to read. I'm not a reader. Get over it. There's no escape from knowing what God has for you apart from reading it. Take some time to get to know God. Swallow your laziness. Come on. Get in the book and read it. There's no shortcuts. I've had guys come to me and say, well, Pastor, I don't like to read a lot, but I pray a lot. What's your point? So you pray a lot. That's good. What about the reading part? Make time for God. I think if some of us would learn to make time for God, we'd have a little less stress in our life. Amen? That's a good spot for it, by the way, anyway. Get in His presence go back to the book of Jeremiah. Over a few pages to the right. Jeremiah 29 is a very familiar verse for many of us. Let me just say something about this verse. It says, For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil, to give you a future and a hope. What's it tell us? That God doesn't make mistakes. Nothing you're going through is an accident. Nothing you're experiencing is by chance. And if God says, I have a a future for you and plans for you, have you ever thought that maybe his plans and his future for you in, include a few bumpy roads? That, he's wanting you to go down this path that has some deep ruts. Maybe it's to slow you down. Maybe it's uh, just to, to say... Wait a minute here, you can't do this by yourself, you need my help. But we want to just plow through life and just keep going like it all depends on us. He has a purpose for everything you may go through. I love that verse. I know the thoughts that I think toward you, says the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil. He goes, I have nothing but good thoughts. I don't wish evil upon you. You may be thinking as, man, I did not ask for this, God. No, you did <laughs> But lucky you, I'm letting you have it. Right? Because he wants you to learn some things. Philippians. Over to the book of Philippians in the middle of the New Testament. Chapter 4. Verse 13. This is familiar. I can do all things through a little more sleep. I can do all things through just a better meal, starting off my day with a good hearty breakfast. I can do all things through my parents when they're willing to help me. I can do all things when my job is just <clears throat> love it here. Well, he says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. We have to remember the source of our strength. There are a lot of things in life that I can't handle. But with God, I can. Amen? Look over verse 19, same chapter. It says, And my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory in Christ Jesus. Can God supply your need of rest? Yeah. So there are times that I do need to slow down times that you need to slow down, times that you need to say, I need to take a step back. But the step back is just not to make it better for me. The step is so that I can draw closer to God. Not putting 30 more minutes in of work, but maybe 30 minutes more of being in God's presence so that he can nourish you and replenish you. And I'm just telling you, it's not something that's simple because it takes time. We gloss right over that. We gloss right over the fact that God wants us to rest in him. We're just too busy. We're going to talk a little bit more about that next week. We're busy pleasing other people and pleasing our our own our own desires and pleasing everything around us, but where does God fit in the fix- picture of pleasing him? Well, Pastor, I got my devotional plan. I read today's date today, this morning. I've already got that done. Check. I'm guilty. I'm just telling you. I got two devotional books. Read through them. That one's not so bad. Let's see if this one's better today. Yeah, this one's better. Next day you read this one, it's like, no, nah, let's see if this one has. Yeah, this one's better. <laughs> Check. See, it's really easy to go through a book and just put your time in and not really spend time. Well, Pastor, I've read through the Bible once a year for the last 20 years, right? Was it a mechanical just do it, or was it I'm spending time with God, letting Him speak to me? One more Psalm 50. Psalm chapter 50. In verse fifteen Call upon me in the day of trouble. I will deliver you, and you shall glorify me. He already knows the end. He already knows the end. Think about that, how cool is that? He knows the end already. Let me ask you a question. Is it better to do preventive maintenance or wait to wait for something to break down and cause more frustration? Let it break. <laughs> is it better to do preventive maintenance or let it break? Preventive is always a whole lot easier than breaking in most cases. Brian said, I shared a new one with me a couple weeks ago. There's a problem in the car, and he goes, I think we're, as my boss says, you have to let that one develop a little bit more. <laughs> Sometimes you got to let it develop. But you know, I find that I'd rather go to God and maintain a proper relationship with him than to go there in crisis mode, wanting an immediate fix. Either way, go to God. He says, come to me, all that labor. Back to our text one last time. Matthew 2. It says, take my yoke upon you. As I said, in scripture, the yoke is often a tool of learning. You see, none of us really enjoy hardship. If you do, you're not normal. I don't know that I would want to put a yoke on me. I don't know that I want restraints put on me because even though it may teach me a action it's hard learning sometimes because it's painful and it's discomfortable but he says take my yoke upon you and learn from me and here's what he says for I am gentle and lowly in heart and you will find rest for your souls isn't that what we want we can all take a nap but to truly be rested for your soul to be rested. That only comes by sitting at the feet of Jesus. He says, for my yoke is easy and my burden is light. He says, if you'll learn, it'll be better in the end. If you're willing to learn, it'll be better in the end. Amen? I don't know about you, but I needed that. I needed that reminder because I've glossed over that a thousand times and didn't think twice about it. And I'm worried about how tired and exhausted I am mentally, physically, emotionally. And it comes from just slowing down and getting with Jesus. And in order to do that, you have to say no to some other things. You have to say no. Are you willing to do it? to find the rest in Jesus. Let's pray.